And the in. Okay, I'm. I almost buzzed you. Like I touched it, but then I took <gasps> it off. Are you up for the challenge? Welcome to the 35th episode of the 313 Challenge. I am your host, Ryan Foland, and I'm here to challenge you to keep things simple and powerful. Can you boil down your messaging to just three sentences? Could you do it down to one sentence? And ultimately, do you think you could do it in just three words? Yes, you can. I can help. This is what I've challenged people just like you to do throughout my career as a speaker and a consultant around the world. And now I've brought the 313 Challenge from the stage to the studio. This week's guest is Suhan Beck, and she's here to start your skin healing journey. Join me as I put her in the 313 hot seat. Suhan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. I did my homework. I did my homework. <laughs> and by homework, she's referring to the 313 challenge. And uh, I believe you have read Ditch the Act. Is that correct? I sure did. Okay. Well, chapter nine, I believe, is the 313 challenge. The idea of sharing your specialness, which I just made up, in the form of the problem that you're solving. And Suhan, you do solve problems. I know this. And a lot of people solve problems. It's just, if you can't articulate the problem that you're solving in a way that creates something that's compelling, then that's a problem. Correct. So <laughs> before we get into the problem and or problems that you're solving, I want our listeners to know a little bit more about you. And we're going to do that through storytelling. You get to choose one story from your past and you are going to pull it off the shelf and you're going to share it. Now, this isn't a, I was in elementary school and then in high school and then in college. This is just a one off the shelf story. Tell us a story that you think could represent who you are as a person. It's a tall ask. Okay. I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> okay. This story truly is the most pivotal, cataclysmic like story of my life. Okay. So this is way to, way to set yourself up for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is pretty much the story that was the pivot point that destroyed everything for me that allowed me to lose everything and start from zero. And that's when I started my Elage company. So it was this. <laughs> so sometime around 2005, I had written a screenplay for a full featured movie and it was to bridge two worlds and it was the east and the west and i am from the middle east so i am from syria i'm a syrian refugee you wouldn't know it because i'm so americanized but i'm a home girl back home too you know so i feel very lucky that i'm bicultural and so i wrote this arabic english full featured film i pitched it in egypt to the actress that looks identical to me like everywhere I go, I'm always mistaken for her. She's kind of like the, the Meryl Streep of the Middle East. Ah, nice, nice 313 use there, by the way. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. Okay, good. Yeah. And so we look exactly alike and we're both blonde, white, blue eyed, but we speak Arabic. And so that always throws people off quite a bit as well. So I pitched it to her. She went crazy over it. She introduced me to the top directors, producers of the Middle East. I met one particular gentleman and he said, oh my God, this is phenomenal. And so from that full featured film, 
the market was not ripe for full featured films to make money at that time in the Middle East. And so it was like the, you know, the starting of the internet being, you know, crazy and whatnot. And they said really great idea because they were all about women's empowerment and all of that. And that was a new concept in the Middle East in 2004, 2005. And I wrote it in a really gentle way that it doesn't offend anyone in the society. Right, and right. they were so impressed with it that they wanted to take it, divide it up into a talk show. Hmm. So instantly I got offered, instead of the full featured film, they said, why don't you introduce all of these magnificent concepts to the audience on a TV show? And we will syndicate it through 17 countries in the Middle East. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we did. And then overnight my life changed and I was flying back and forth first class. And I was, you know, working on the studio, the decor and whatnot. So it was going to be three talk shows, actually. One was a talk show that it was going to be in studio in Beirut, in Lebanon. And then there was another pilot series that we were going to film 30 episodes in the mountains of La Clouc, which is southern Lebanon. And it was going to be the most amazing thing because I take six Lebanese girls that are teenagers and it's kind of like a survival, survivor island kind of a thing where I take them up on the mountain. I challenge them in physical, mental, emotional ways to empower them. Wow. And it was a phenomenal concept, you know, something the Middle East had never seen before. Yeah. And I had this opportunity to do something that's never been done. And then, of course, there was going to be the, the cooking channel. And that was going to be on the Food Network, which is syndicated all over the world. And that was going to be the fusion of Arabic and California cuisine. <laughs> because anyone that knows me knows I love my tacos. Do I not, Ryan? Yes, yes. Tacos are great. I can devour tacos. I can inhale them. So anyway, so it's like the Middle East and then the Latina in me and all of that. So anyway, um, so 2006, we were filming. Um, we were on the fourth day of filming. We were filming three episodes per day. We had a 70 person crew. There was no like there was nothing spared. It was wow. totally first class all the way. And we had seven cameramen, seven engineers, seven you know, everything. It was the most phenomenal thing. And then the fourth day of filming, July 13th, 2006, the bombings began. Oh. And somehow I had to take these six girls and deliver them back to their parents safely. So our filming was interrupted. Everything was, you know, destroyed. We were within a few miles of the bombing because we were in southern Lebanon. And that's where the bombings began at 9.30 a.m. And it was crazy because that was like the moment where I had a major breakthrough with one of the girls. You know, wow. her, she had just lost her father and I was working with her to deal with grieving and overcoming and adventure and all this other stuff. And it was that breakthrough moment where it was like, it was just getting good. And they interrupted the filming. They're like, cut, cut, cut. And then they told me and they said, Suhan, you cannot tell those girls that there's a war and, and we're getting bombed right now. So I had to like finagle like this whole story that like, oh, surprise, we're taking you back to your parents and you're going to be able to report to them and, and, and pack up and like everything had to be packed up. And I had like a whole wardrobe of 30 days and whatnot. Anyway, so we packed up within an hour. We were driving down the mountain. We were listening to Feruz, which is like the classic, beautiful voice of the Middle East. And she was singing the most poignant songs about 
war and all this other stuff. And it was just like, oh my God, this is so crazy. And I was crying. I was bawling. I had my own chauffeur and the girls were in a bus behind me. So we're driving down this mountain road and I'm bawling, crying, listening to Feiruz. And on the coastline, I see these big naval ships lining up on the horizon. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is real. And this is like, you know, and, and I've been caught in wars before and bombings and things like that in my lifetime. So like, that's not what's scary to me. You know, it's just the devastation of all this. And I felt really selfish that how dare I be devastated and crying that like my whole dream and I finally got the lottery ticket of my creative dream of making all this happen. Yeah. First class and, you know, full on. And it was just taken away from me while people are getting bombed and their house is destroyed. Like, how dare I even think that on a selfish level? Anyway, so I'm looking at the horizon. I'm looking at the naval ships. It's getting real. Like, as I say, the, the poop is getting real right there, right? And as I'm driving down the mountain, I see some movement on the coastline. It's kind of like Laguna Beach where, like, it's, it's a very narrow strip of land where the mountain and it's really high. And then you see the coastline. So as we were driving the mountain, I could see the coastline and I'm looking and there's movement. And I'm, I'm looking at each curve on the mountain. I'm driving down. And I'm like, ah, what is that? Oh my God, jet skiers. Like the world is falling apart <laughs> and there's jet skiers. <laughs> and that's the spirit of the Lebanese world, which is like the Middle East. And it's just like, yes, however, we're going to do our thing. And right then and there, I started cracking up and my chauffeur was like, Madame, Madame, you know, je suis, uh, you know, like, you know, you know, like, désolé, désolé, je suis désolé. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Everything was put into perspective in that moment that like, yeah, war is breaking out. We're getting bombed. Even on the road that we're on, like within like not even five kilometers to 10 kilometers behind us, we were seeing bombs. And I'm like, you know what? I need to stop at a street and get a shawarma sandwich, which was the equivalent of a street taco. Okay. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I delivered the girls back to their homes and I got my street taco. The street that we're on is getting bombed. And I'm like, I'm going to get my shawarma. And I did. So, and then I got evacuated. I went through Syria where I was born. And then from Syria, I ended up in Dubai for 21 days waiting for the war to end. It did not end for for like 33 days. But by then the Middle East started, that was really the true preemptive Arab Spring. That's what was the original one. So it was just so insecure at that point. I could not function doing that, going back and forth from my life here in Southern California to the Middle East and filming and whatnot. So the whole project fell apart and I never was able to recover from that. And so on a PTSD level, it wasn't the war, it was losing my dream. Hmm. that was the devastation for me. And like that following year, which was 2007, they aired, I think, 17 episodes because, you know, we filmed for four days. So we really did. We were able to put quite a bit in the can, so to speak. And they were able to film them. And my cousins all over the Middle East are like, Suhan, you're coming out of our ears. <laughs> we're so sick of hearing you <laughs> and your voice. And I was like, I know, but, but, but anyway, so it didn't, finish and it was devastating for all of us and i'm still in touch with the girls from lebanon and they're just 
you know, they feel the same way, that it was such a magnificent project that never happened. And it was just the loss of a dream. And for a year after that, like 2007, 2008, I was nothing more than a basket case. I was just a vegetable. Like I remember waking up in the morning and I couldn't decide between cornflakes or eggs. So I just go back to bed. Well, obviously you should have chosen eggs. <sighs> yes. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. You know, first of all, thank you for sharing. And what comes to mind based on that story and what I know about you really is, is resilience. And I wrote down something about, um, magnificent in the moment. Wow. <clears throat> what, what comes to mind in that is that you're talking about bombs, death, tragedy, these warships on the coast, yet at the same time, you're cognizant enough to be appreciative of those moments, the moments with the girls, these individual moments that might be magnificent on their own, yet you are also aware of looking at yourself outside of yourself, putting reference in like, well, why should I be upset at my loss of magnificence uh, when all these other real world things are here? And it's, I think what's interesting and from what I've gotten to know you, you have the ability to leave on these, live on these two polar opposites. On one side, you're one of the most optimistic, high energy, super positive, like we can take on the world and, and who cares? Let's time, go to the top of the mountain and transform six women's lives. Yet on the other side, you know, you're having a hard time dealing with eggs or whatever the other cereal was and you end up going back to bed and there's so, but what I see through all of this is your awareness of the process. And I think that's special to you because it lets you empathize with people, but it also, it, it helps you connect with people on all levels. So on one level, you might put people off that you have this first class high you know, TV, film, production, whatnot. But like for you, the dream was about impacting the lives of those women. Thank you for recognizing that because that's really the objective. It was that. Yeah. And so, and I know some other stories that you've made some large impact on people and even, uh, his, you know, trying to bring back history. But it's not that you have an ego about it. It's that you truly see the impact and the magnificent it can bring to people to their skin to their life stuff like that so i see like these two big polar opposites where at first if, if you don't get to know you depending on where you catch that story it might seem on one extreme or maybe the other but i don't think it takes very long for people to see that the genuine thread of the altruism that you know you you have for people is that pretty much psychologically analyze you based on that one story i hope so <laughs> I really do because that was a magnificence in the moment and I will cherish that. Thank you. Well, good, like good. That. All right. Well, let's, let's, now that we know more about you and I'm sure that one of the harder things for a lot of us to do is how do we translate what we think is magnificent? How do we pitch, you know, a full-time show or, or full length movie to a famous actress in another country? How do we, gather an old recipe from our, you know, our lineage and then turn it into a multi-million dollar magnificent company. And then when things get chopped at the knees, how do you recover and put things in perspective? So all of us have these different ups and downs in lives and we have these passion projects and these goals and these dreams. But if you can't articulate them in a short amount of time, 
the chance of you achieving that dream, the chance of that magnificent gints <laughs> is just lowered. So I know you have a lot of things that you're working on. Tell us what you will be 313 today. And I think that some of the lessons I want to bring is how do we show that magnificence, gints, that word is going to kill me, into messaging it. So what, what of the things that you're doing do you want to focus on today that you did your homework on? Elage. Elage, okay. My skincare company. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So in all transparency, I want to make sure everybody knows what you know about the 313. And I've already disclosed that we've, we've met, you've read the book. But if you had to describe what the 313 is, what is your experience of it at this point before we do a little dive into it? Um, shaved down pitch. Okay. Excellent. That's nice and simple. And then what I believe is the longer lasting impact of the 313 is your ability to use that shaved down core message to use as a filter for your social media, to use as a barometer for your website, to look at your email marketing and see if you're communicating the same thing as you've shaved it down. And so uh, I really look at it the more and more I do it and work with people as a starting point to then see where some other deep dives can go. So let's, let's go. Awesome. All right. We're going to start with the first section, which is the three sentences. And it's essentially, can you describe the problem that you're solving in one sentence without telling me what you do? That's where we're going to start. Then we're going to move on to your solution in one sentence. And then we're going to talk about your target market in one sentence. And that's going to take a long time to get through, but that's really, uh, where the learning happens. And what's great is that this is like an advanced level because you've already you already have a version in front of you. Yeah, right? to the audience, we invited, uh, my husband and I invited Ryan to our art gallery in Laguna Beach and lured him through tacos. <laughs> I said, you know, if you come, you'll have, you know, these amazing tacos from the Cliff restaurant and whatever. And he was like, all right, I'm down. <laughs> yep. You, easy. Talk, I'm a taco fan. Tacos yeah, all day. I had already ordered his book. I was one of the first ones to get it online on Amazon way before I had pre-ordered it. I read the book before I met with him. So I was prepared you know, and I had listened to every single episode of World of Speakers. <laughs> nice. Because I was in the process of also like relaunching my career as a speaker um, as well. And so I had done my homework. And so I knew what the 313 challenge was, or I thought I did. <laughs> and then in our store, he challenged me and I blumbered through it. And he's like, <laughs> no, no, you know, like. So yes, tacos at your place. And if you're going to give me free food, I might as well give you some free consulting. And it happened to be the 313. So yes. good. Let's yeah. dive into it. So this is like, this is our second session, basically, on the 313 challenge. So I came yeah. prepared. I have my homework. And I think the point there should not be lost that this doesn't have to be a one-time thing. I've worked with people over six months and just tooling down that, the shavings to get it to where it actually makes sense. And then you can always revisit. The rabbit hole goes deep. Now, for this first part, I'm going to ask you, what is the problem that you're solving with no mention of what you do? And normally I'll ask, do you agree that people care more about the problem that you solve than what you do? Is that a fundamental, we're on the same page with that? Yeah, me, me, me. Just like me driving down the mountain from Lebanon. I'm like, me, 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 you know, my dream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very good. All right. So can you tell me the problem you solve in one sentence 
with no mention of what you do. And if you do not follow those rules, <gasps> there's a good chance you will get a real buzzer. You're going to pop my bubble, huh? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. So my hand is hovering over the bubble. And what I am looking for, the only way I'm going to pop your bubble is if you tell me what you do or if you tell me multiple problems. Um, those are really the two things that I'm looking for. So oh, if okay. I hear an indication of what you do or if I hear that you, you're naming multiple problems, bam, there we go. All right. Okay. And action. There is a growing epidemic problem with eczema and contact dermatitis in the world today, especially now with COVID-19 and the increased usage of hand sanitizers and antibacterial soaps. And the, in, okay, I'm, I almost buzzed you. Like I touched it, but then I took <gasps> it off. Okay, what, what was the last few words you said? Was it about using hand sanitizer or that's just yeah, part of the- especially now okay. with COVID-19 and the increased usage of hand sanitizers and antibacterial soaps, skin okay. is becoming more and more compromised. Okay, so you, you didn't get a buzz because you didn't tell me what you do. So congratulations. But it seems really long. Like I'm, I'm honestly kind of confused. And, and I think if I were to hear the one problem, it's eczema. Is that it? Correct. So that's a single problem. Yeah. Well, dry skin, like really like dry, dry skin problems. Okay. Well, here, here's something we're going to, you know, we're, we're really getting in the nitty gritty here, but we're stitching together. If I tell someone the problem is eczema, or if I tell somebody the problem is really, really dry skin, those I would assume are going to resonate with different people because like I know a couple people who have quote unquote eczema, but the majority of people that I, that I know don't like for me, it's kind of like, I don't see them or maybe if it is, they might be covering it up. Yeah, It's one in 10 and one in nine in children. Okay. So that's not, that's not a lot from a visual standpoint. So if you're saying that's the problem, that might be hard for me to, to initially resonate with because you know that nine out of 10 people don't have eczema. So there might be a chance of, of sort of refocusing on the problem as something if you wanted it to relate to more people and you can use a, a strategy which I uncover in what I call the problem pyramid. So you mentioned in there a few things like especially now because of COVID-19, especially with the hand sanitizing, especially with this and especially with that. I think the reason why in my brain it was hard to compute all that information is because you didn't guide me through what i should be listening for and the way that you do that is using the words which results in or something to that extent so if you think about what you're saying and again it was just so long it's really hard for me to to dissect it so Will you read it one more time like you said it? And then we'll start to see what we can pull back from. Okay. There is a growing epidemic problem with eczema and contact dermatitis in the world, especially now with COVID-19 and the increased usage of hand sanitizers and antibacterial soaps. Okay. What's contact derma? What was this after eczema that you said? Contact dermatitis. So that's what is that? The skin the skin is in contact with a trigger. 
So that's the, the technical term for eczema. Okay. So your skin is in contact with a hand sanitizer that has high percentage of alcohol. It's destroying the pH. Okay. That might be a little heavy to come across in the first first problem because I you, you it's almost like a clinical definition and it's the same definition as eczema, which might be just a bit redundant. Okay. I think that when you say epidemic and problem, so is it an epidemic of a problem or a, like the way that you combine those two, how did you say that? It's a growing epidemic problem. It's a growing epidemic problem. So that's redundant. Kind of. Like, I don't think that an epidemic, like whenever I hear epidemic, I would assume that it's a problem, right? Right, right? But you might be able to use it for some of the blood. So you might be able to simplify it and say something to the extent of, you know, a growing problem or a, a painfully growing problem or s something about just a problem of eczema or dry skin. Mm-hmm. XYZ, which which is almost at the point of an epidemic. But is it at a point of an epidemic if it's only one out of 10? It is actually increasing in a very high percentage rate um, as is allergies and asthma. So that okay. triad goes together hand in hand, so to speak. But basically those three have increased exponentially um, in a way that disputes the old adage that, oh, it's genetic or, you know, whatever, like there's no way that we could have an evolution of eczema grow at that rate through evolution at this way. So it's, it's more than that. Okay. I just realized one of the reasons why I, why it, the sentence isn't resonating with me is that you're sort of describing that something is a problem without describing like what the result is. So if you think about it, eczema you're saying this is a problem, but what is it? What, what does it result in? Is it dry skin, bloody, patchy? This like, like the elements to it. Ah, so, okay. so if you think about the symptoms, the symptoms, and if you think about the the, the structure of the sentence, so that it's more of a Mad Libs, you can think of it. The problem is blank, which results in blank. Okay. Because if you're just telling me the problem is eczema, it's like okay, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really sure. So what uh, are some- I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, got it. okay, okay. try, so try. If, so if um, dry skin can turn into, can magnify into a much bigger problem, such as eczema or contact dermatitis. Yeah, I would say, uh, do, you, do enough people know about contact dermatitis? I've never heard of that. Who? okay. Well, I, I've just, what, what, I wouldn't just take a step back. I kind of like the dry skin as a result like a of, yeah. So it's like, look, so most people experience dry skin, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is ah, when it okay, gets okay, to okay. a certain point or it becomes something, it could actually lead to, you know, if it's uh, not taken care of properly, could end up becoming an exasperated problem like eczema like eczema or um or be excruciatingly painful or gotcha. something right and if okay so most people experience dry skin and if not taken care of properly no but the pro the problem you got to have the problem in there right so most people most people experience dry skin but the problem is if it 
and I don't know, that's where we have to like, what is the problem? If the problem is it's not identified, if the problem is it's not nipped in the bud, if the problem is that it's not like moisturized. Once the skin becomes dry, the skin membrane actually starts to flake, open and crack. And that becomes a potential for compromising the immune system even further. Okay, like what, that sounds pretty powerful. Yeah. Like the problem, you know, most people have dry skin, but the, pr the real problem- I, I don't. <laughs> mine is less dry <laughs> and my hair is nice and moist but we'll get to that but i think somewhere along the lines of you know and again to make it a bit more conversational and not like a canned answer because you never want to have like a canned answer but you know most people have dry skin but the real problem is that when that dry skin with the cell membranes don't whatever opens and cracks which leads to irritation and in extreme cases eczema compromising, yeah, compromising your immune system yeah so like the goal of the problem sentence is for you to tell it to somebody and then ask them is that a problem yes or no oh, and the way that the way that the way that you have it phrased like that initially it was hard to sort of tell because i didn't know enough information yeah and the reason why the goal of the problem sentence is to be able to get a yes, that is a problem, is that it unlocks the ability to do what I call permission-based pitching. So as, as an example here, if I met you and didn't know you and I said, hey, what do you do? You could then reply something to the extent of, well, I do a lot of stuff. Like it would take me a long time to explain, but one of the things I'm most passionate about solving is, is a very particular problem in skincare. Oh. What's that problem? Uh huh. That's a the good problem. Segue. Is the problem is that you know most of us have some dry skin, but if it's not treated appropriately, the membrane actually ends up doing this to cracking, which could lead to lower immune systems or or diseases like uh, or you know conditions like eczema, which are super painful. Do you see dry skin as a problem? And then the goal is for them to say, "Well, I didn't really think so before, but yeah, that that doesn't sound good." And it's Love like, it. that's the problem that I solve. I think making it a bit more uh, understandable by people who don't have eczema is, is a good starting point. And then you can close the gap when you clarify your target market. And you can say, I really like, this is really for these people with eczema XYZ, but also those who have dry skin and don't realize that it can, that it's not normal or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you can maybe clarify the market more. And when you explain that and not as much trying to fit it all in now. Gotcha. Okay. No, I like that, you know, kind of like, like a funnel. I'm visualizing a funnel and that's, yeah. you know, wider at the top with dry yep. skin then immediately say the glitch is the problem is, that dry skin could turn into something much bigger. Yeah, especially now with COVID-19 and everyone using, I mean, you could even you could even put that up at the front and say, look, we've always had dry skin, but now with all the hand sanitizer and, and disinfectants that we're using uh -huh. like every day, it's creating more dry skin than ever. And right. people just don't know how to solve it or something. Right. Okay, so this is really technical and I'm guilty because I try to, like, I'm always nerding out. And that is that 
the only options available today are basically hydrocortisone and topical steroids, which are prescription medications, which are really, really dangerous. And, you know, I even wrote a book, it was a bestseller, you know, book, and it's called topical steroid side effects. So I'm always guilty that I, I tech out and I nerd out and I bring all this medical information in and I'm afraid that I'd lose my audience that way. Okay. Now, real quick, and I like this nerdiness, if the only two options are those two, I mean, it, it kind of makes me think, well, what about Dove? They talk about moisturizer. And then, you know, Sin's got all kinds of moisturizer creams and like there's all stuff that's ah. actually trying to do that. Yes. If so, you look at the ingredients, if you look uh -huh. at all of those ingredients, the first ingredient is always water. Okay. The third ingredient is always alcohol. The fourth, fifth ingredients are always comprised of preservatives that are known toxins. Hmm. So your skin is made of sebaceous oil. So if the first ingredient is water, oil and water. Don't mix. <laughs> yes. So they're going to sit on the skin and not absorb. So unless it's an oil-based, you know, a quality oil moisturizer, that is not going to adhere and absorb into the skin. Secondarily, alcohol is a known irritant and drying agent. So why at the top of the ingredients list do they put alcohol? Well, it's a cheap preservative to be antimicrobial. And then you have like actual preservatives because we, as the Western world in America, we are so paranoid of bacteria that we destroy our natural skin microbiome, which is so bad because we have good bacteria and bad bacteria. By destroying the good, we actually lose the capacity to naturally fight off the bad. So okay. we're more compromised. If sorry, <laughs> this is actually a really interesting point here. There's a little magnificent moment here because sometimes we try to articulate a problem that we think other people will resonate with when in actuality, we know what the real problem is and we're just trying to put lipstick on that pig, essentially. The way you talked about with absolute clarity and, and obviously a knowledge base about the biggest problems with moisturizer. Because Ryan, yeah, Dove, that, that check out those ingredients. Nope, nope, nope. There's a huge problem here. Like you didn't mention that the problem is that moisturizers are filled with alcohol and toxins. Like that seems to be the larger funnel. Let's talk about the funnel. Go one step above. You initially were talking about the problem is eczema. But it sounds like, and just from what you said, the problem is that people really only have two options when it comes to, to skincare that works. One is, you know, um, what was it? The hydrocodazone? Yeah, the topical steroids. Uh, topical steroids. And then what was the other one? Or are they all um, topical steroids? And one's yeah, just higher. Hydrocortisone, all of those are all topical steroids. Yeah. Okay, so one, one, one that you get over the counter and one that you get as a, as a prescription, right? Correct. But both of those are toxic or that they're harmful. Side effects. The side effects are harmful when you're trying to do something that's positive, like you're trying to soften your skin, but you do that and there are these end results. Like that, that to me sounds like a problem. Here we are in the 21st century right. and we're being sold products that are supposed to moisturize and help our skin but on closer look, they actually create a vicious cycle of apply, apply, reapply, apply, reapply. And that makes sense if you're a manufacturer to try right. to get people to continue to buy your product, right? Absolutely. 
that's a that is a problem that doesn't have to do with eczema that doesn't have to do with anything the challenges with eczema is that they're double triple screwed because they really really need this help but the only things that are available create these crazy side effects or like they yeah, just even, don't work even the the over-the-counter brands that claim to be for eczema like avino eucerin gold bond neosporin all of those have exactly those ingredients that i listed okay so i'm going to go out on a ledge but I'm going to increase the size of the funnel. And I think from what you've talked about, like eczema didn't really resonate with me personally as a problem. Even though I know somebody that has eczema, they have stuff that they use. So mm -hmm. I figure they're being helped. So right. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't contact somebody and say, hey, you have eczema, try this new product. I'd be like, whoa, I'm not a doctor. I can't do that. Right. And as a consumer, if, Al, if Alvino says that it treat, it's good for it, I'm going to believe it because right. it just says it, right? Right, they're big brands. Yeah, so I think there's a really unique opportunity here for you to know that you have the technical as a backup. That's that's gonna be in your solution and how you do it. But can you articulate in one sentence, the problem is something along the lines of almost all or 90% of or every single store product that you see on the shelf that tells you it's there to soften your skin is actually lying to you. It's not. like. How would you package that in a one sentence way, knowing that you have all the science and history behind it? Maybe give that a try. Okay. Unfortunately, most of the moisturizers on the market contain ingredients that are counterintuitive or counter logical to skin. So we needed to put the word problem in there to give us context. Okay. Okay. So you could say um, they are part of the problem. So most of the moisturizers on the market today are part of the problem because they contain water, alcohol, and preservatives that are actually toxic to skin and cause more drying problems. Oh, I like the last part, cause more drying problems. Mm -hmm. So the biggest problem with moisturizer, with, with skin product, or mis moisturizer skin products, how, how, do we, how do we top level that? With products marketed to to soften your skin? Like what, how can we describe them, these products? The most popular of products that are out there for moisturizing skin actually can cause more drying effects on the skin. I bet there's something right there. There's definitely okay. something right there. The problem is that you're being lied to. Ooh. The moisturizers from big brands that you buy to help your dry skin actually based on, uh, by science or, or, or I've discovered or some, something that they actually make your skin more dry. Fact. So that is fact. So that you buy more product. That's a problem. <laughs> problem, problem, problem. Right. Okay. Like if you think about it, look at your initial first sentence and then you look at what you just said, which is something along the lines of the problem is that you're being lied to. Uh, if you've ever bought a product, that claims to moisturize your skin, the ingredients I can show you are actually doing the opposite. They're drying the skin out so that you buy more of their product. That's a problem. That's great. That sounds like a, like a legitimate problem, right? Yeah, and then I back it up with facts. Yeah, you have a facts for days about that. But if I were to tell you, and I never met you before, and we were talking about the problem that I'm passionate about solving, and I said, look, this may sound a little harsh, but the problem is that you're being lied to. 
And if you've ever bought a moisturizer product, which I can guarantee you have, I can show you how the ingredients themselves actually do the exact opposite of what they're intended to do. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Do you think that that's a problem if you're being lied to? Ooh, okay. Yeah, I can solve, I solve that problem. And again, there might be a little bit of finessing that's needed, but if, if you're listening, I want you to think back to your original sentence. You, you had tons of runway, you had the book, you had all this, you had access to me, and it was still a very wordy, very low in the funnel as far as if you have eczema or this contact dermatology stuff, like it's bad. But now we've sort of, uh, in teasing that out and really getting to the areas of it, I was like, what is the problem? No, really, what is the problem? And you're like, the problem is that these damn things that you buy to, to make your skin moist have ingredients that make it dry. Yeah. And that, that makes sense because Sorry, they're trying to sell We products. actually did a survey um, and we called 100 pharmacies um, and the pharmacists and we talked to them and 98% of them, not one of them recommended those brands, the Aveeno, Eustra, and Goldbond Neosporin. Every single one of them said, go to the hydrocortisone. Right. And the hydrocortisone has immunosuppressing, you know, like non-negotiable. Everyone knows, and the doctors know it too, that immunosuppressing properties. But right. yet they all, you know, say, because none of the Aveeno, Eustra, and Goldbonds, like none of them have been really working, you know, that well. So they always claim, go to the hydrocortisones immediately. Hopefully it'll nip it in the bud. But we know that, that hydrocortisone and steroids, even though they, I mean, technically they solve the problem though, right? But they're side Never. effects? No, they don't. No, they don't. They mask it. Okay. And that's the, the whole, that's a whole other thing. That's where you read my book, Topical Steroid Side Effects. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, but do you see, I mean, how, how do you feel about positioning the problem that the one big problem that you solve is that the problem is you're being lied to. The stuff that you're told works doesn't really work. And especially when it comes to your skin, your biggest organ, like the most important thing that, that you interact with, right? Because you can create more severity with like, right. I mean, look, you're, everybody's had dry toes, dry this, dry that. And we all go to the moisturizer section mm -hmm. and we buy that. But now I'm being lied to, I'm actually interested now. It's a very right. personal thing that I'm interested in. Whether I have eczema or not, if I have eczema, I'm that much more interested. Right, and you just increase my market. market yeah, but we're gonna, we're, we're gonna still tighten that up in the target market. But I, I think that the initial problem might resonate more with more people and help, help everybody understand that this could be something that they're experiencing. The problem that they'd be experiencing is that they were lied to. It's, it's hard, okay. Let's go back to stats. You said one out of 10 people have eczema, right? Mm -hmm. One out of nine children. One out of nine children. Mm -hmm. I would say that 10 out of 10 adults have bought moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> and that means 10 out of 10 people have been lied to. Ooh. Do you see like just- and, and Nobody likes there. to be insulted. Yeah. Nobody likes to be insulted. The problem is that there are big brands that have been lying to you, X, Y, Z. Like I people- I think it could draw people in a little bit. I like that. Wow. Wow. I really like that. Okay. So let's, let's, let's use that as a, as a sticking point to change the problem in how you're articulating it. And for everybody listening, like I know you saw multiple problems as you were listening to this exercise, it's about finding which of those problems to lead with. 
because once you get permission to talk with them and you're in these conversations, and they're asking more questions, you can dive deep, you can write books about it, all this stuff. But if I met you and you're like, here, read this book about side effects of, of uh, you know, hydrocortone, I'm like, whoa, no thanks, not interested. Right. So as, as a concept, we've sort of really done a deep dive into repositioning the problem higher on that funnel so that people can really feel that pain and like when you have an open wound or an open dry skin sore, like that's just an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And they burn by the way. And like yeah. people with compromised skin or eczema or dry skin um, or lesions, like you said, open sores, they apply those moisturizers and it burns them because of the alcohol. Yep. And, and these are all things that you can reinforce later on, but the real core, whether it burns or not, is that they're being lied to. And that's something that I can say, that's a problem. I want to be an informed buyer. And so now you come at it with a very educational base because nobody wants to, for you to sell them another product, but you're selling them education and you just happen to have a product that fits, fits the, the, uh, something that's an alternative that maybe just people don't know about. It's right. not that it doesn't exist, it's if people don't know about it. Right. And for okay. you, all you want people to do is to try it because once they try it, it's up to the product and then they fall in love with it and then that's that. So you're not trying to convince people that it works. You're trying to convince people that they've been lied to, which makes an opportunity for them to be open to trying one more product that just might not be on the big brand shelf. Right. And for those people that are competing against other big brands, this is a really in interesting insight for you. What are those big brands not doing? How are those big brands positioning themselves? It's probably to solve this very topical problem. But if you can position the problem that you solve as something that these big brands are not being super honest about. Or, an alternative. Yeah, or the customer's not educated enough to look at the sugar on a Coke can. Coke cans are killing people, right? I drink Diet Coke. And I know that that stuff kills me too. But it's like, I never learned to look at the back of a label. Mm -hmm until pretty recent, like, you know, last couple of years, like, uh, and sin has really helped me with that. And so now I look at the label first and I'm like, whoa, there's no way I would buy that. Even though all the marketing says it's refreshing. It's like I was had for a long time. Mm -hmm. So if you are solving the same problem as a big brand, but having a hard time getting the traction, then what are the dirty secrets that the big brand isn't explaining? And now you're not competing head to head with the product. You're competing with who's educating their client the best. And people, I think, are fearful to try new things, but the anecdote to all fear is knowledge. And so if you have science to back it up, if you have case studies to back it up, if you have proof to back it up, and you're like, just try this little, just try it. Mm -hmm. And then they see and they can, you know, then it's not about pushing another product. Yeah. It's about solving a problem. And the problem is education. People don't know about skincare. They think they do, but they're being sold to kind of thing, right? Right. I don't want to beat the beat the yeah. the dead horse here, but I think that this is a really advanced takeaway because sometimes the problem that you're solving isn't isn't as easy to communicate. And so now we're going up the level and we're tapping into the fact that you're you're kind of being lied to by big brands. It's not it's nobody's fault. I just want you to know I think it's a problem. Do you feel it's a problem when people lie to you? You know, it's crazy. A few years ago, I actually went to the big stores and I took pictures of every single back of the ingredient and I have the, the photos. I mean, I could use them as part of my social media to what we're saying right now. 
yeah. I already have the content. Right. I just never really integrated it into the concept. So yeah, and I, cool. and I think, yeah, again, it, when you're trying to sell, technically we don't even know what it is that you're selling, but we assume it's some sort of a cream next to the big boys, that's very hard to sell, mm -hmm. right? Because people are so ingrained. So it's maybe this education. The problem is people aren't educated about moisturizers. Yeah, actually a few years ago, um, I got my product into all of the major stores, every Walmart, every Bed Bath & Beyond, and so many, like hundreds of stores nationwide. And the problem that I had was physically my jar, a two ounce jar is small compared to a 10 or a 12 ounce Aveeno Eucerin Gold Bond Neosporin. Right. And um, my jar is like so much more expensive. It's $40 a jar compared to their like $6.99, $7.99. But that's because it's diluted. Like their products are diluted with water at least 70 to 80%, whereas mine has no water. Right. So it's solid, it's dense, it's thick, it's obnoxious, <laughs> you know? So, so that was a big factor. So the company that did my licensing deal changed the packaging and created this outer carton that looked three times as big as a two ounce jar is. And I felt that was so deceiving. And that was one of the reasons that I rescinded that contract because I did not want to be that company. Right. It was like, you know, and I've, I've seen, I've seen Sin get some stuff and it's in this big jar. And then all of a sudden it's like such a tiny amount, but what you're doing is you're fighting the problem of perception exactly. and people perceive more as better. And that comes down to education. You right. could restate this whole problem saying the problem is people believe when it comes to moisturizer, that more is better. That's wrong. It's mm -hmm. a problem that you think that, and mm -hmm. like you could, like that could be it. Well, right, what do you mean? Quality. Yeah. And so it's a it's another way to spin the problem on something that people can understand that they might not resonate with now. Like they just don't know. So sometimes if you're solving a problem that your customer doesn't know that they have, they're not going to see you as a solution. So change the way that you're explaining the problem to something that's like, wait a minute. I bet you if everybody who's listening goes around their house, they can probably collect at least three bottles of moisturizer. And it's like, you, you have these, but you keep buying them because your skin is still, and so you think maybe it's just, well, that's what I have to do. But if you educate people that that's not what you have to do, then people see you as a solution, irregardless of your product or service. That honestly has been what I've been doing for 10 years. I've been on the platform of education more so than selling. Okay. But in your initial problem statement, you mentioned nothing about that as the problem that you're solving. And it doesn't mean that's not what you're doing, but this brings us back to the challenge of communicating what we're doing in a way that works. So I know that was a lot. I mean, that was almost the whole show on just the problem, but I think that's a really major takeaway. And now a word from our sponsor. Ahoy, it's me, Ryan. <laughs> I'm the sponsor, it's my show. Hey, so we're talking with Sue Han about skin that gets dry and gets cracked and it needs some help. I want you to think about your business as your skin. If you are not moisturizing it with the right messaging, you might find cracks, you might get dry, you might not have the skin, aka business, that you need. Well, it all starts with the 313. If you're interested in learning how your core messaging can impact your marketing strategy, your content strategy, and your business growth, well, I'm your guy for it. If you wanna be a guest on the show or work with me otherwise, Find more information at ryan.online. 
Now back to your regular scheduled programming. So let's now look at your solution sentence. Okay. Can you tell me your solution sentence in just one sentence? We manufacture an all-natural, non-steroidal skincare product that works on severe dry skin and eczema conditions. Okay, there's a lot of good stuff there, but do you are you thinking of different ways you can tweak that to now, to now solve the problem that we stated? If the problem is that you're being lied to because moisturizer creams are actually working against you because it contains steroids and alcohol, if you put those words into the problem, then we create uh, this skincare product that has no alcohol, has no this, right? So you're with the solution sentence, the biggest point I can get across is that it should clearly solve the problem that you're stating. So the problem is that you're being lied to. So in your solution, we're an education first company. We, we share with people that they're being lied to and we've created a product that doesn't have, you know, and I don't know, I can't put words a, in your an mouth. An honest but, product. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So we've created an honest product that does not contain alcohol or blank, which has no side effects, which generates no side effects is the top, you know, like is a topical something. Now I don't want you to get too into the weeds and this is where, it's going to be a challenge for you because you're so passionate about how it works. You have to make sure that you're not answering how you do what you do, that you're just answering what it is. Yeah. I remember that in the book. Yeah. What, how, when you explain what you do, we've created a top, an honest topical cream that doesn't have these different things, which truly makes skin moist or better or moisturizes skin. If you say it in a way that people understand it. It actually just gets the skin back to its natural pH zone so it can heal itself. That, uh, I like that. That mm -hmm. sounds good. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along, we've created a, an honest skincare product that has no alcohol, no this, and allows your skin. So it doesn't get... disrupt the pH. So it allows the skin to heal itself. Boom. That sounds like a, a solution especially based on the problem that these other things don't do that. If the problem is that the moisturizer you're using makes your skin worse off or doesn't solve the problem, but you've created a solution to let your skin solve itself. Like there's a really good problem and solution. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So see, see if you can phrase the solution and we can play with it a couple times here that basically says we've created an honest skincare moisturizer with no alcohol or dilution yeah. or, or, or no alcohol or steroids mm -hmm. that scientifically lets your skin maintain a pH balance to where it will moisturize itself or it will heal itself. Yeah. And right. I don't know the science behind it, but something that's nice and tight. Yeah. And you know what somebody's going to ask you when you stop talking? Mm. please tell me how this works okay how does that work your skin what do you, you mean i don't now you're like well before i tell you how like how much how much of a geek are you you need to say how much of a geek are you when it comes to skincare okay and they are going to self-identify themselves as a geek and be like okay 
now you're speaking the same language, ask them what they know or X, Y, Z. Right. And then the, if ideally they're going to tell you all about the steroids, tell you, and you're like, Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. If yes. they don't, they're like, um, I don't know. I mean, I just use whatever my wife buys. Okay. Let me take a step back. First of all, dry skin is caused by this. If you look at the ingredients. I've never thought of that. So when you're, when you're explaining your solution in one sentence, you want it to be just enough, just enough information so people understand that it solves the problem that you stated, but not enough information to let them know how it works. Because if you tell me that you've got some sort of a googly googly gob that doesn't have steroids, doesn't have alcohol, I can put it on my skin and it gets my skin to get back to its own optimal performance so that I don't have to use a googly gop anymore. Exactly. Then that, I'm that really interested. is our goal. That really is our goal. Like we actually try to promote people to be minimalists. Right. Why would you want to use goob of stuff to goob, goob, goob versus skin, just a little yeah, bit? Skin is from the inside. And so, you know, like if like we consider Elage as a bridge from being bad, you know, to the point of like, okay, the skin is now able to take care of itself. Lay off, <laughs> let your skin, you know, cause you know, years and years ago, we didn't use moisturizers because we created our own sebaceous oil. Like our skin was self-lubricating. And in that lubrication was all of the proper pathogens, you know, the, the right microbial levels that it protected itself. See, this is all stuff. This is all stuff for how, like you just lit up into a storytelling to explain, I did not know that we didn't always have moisturizers. Mm -mm. And so now I'm learning and you're educating me. That gives it a little bit more trust to what you're saying yeah. in the product. And but that's if because I we as a society, we take showers once or twice a day. Right. You know, and in those soaps, you know, that are in the bottle, which we also say you shouldn't be using because- But Dove, but Dove- but Dove has a commercial where the girls take the shower and afterwise they feel so smooth, smoothy. I love Dove, but I love Dove <laughs> bar white unscented because okay. the dead bar doesn't have water or alcohol or preservatives. Dove okay. formulation of the same soap in a bottle is different than the bar soap. So you have your condensed, you know, soap that does its thing without a plethora of other ingredients. And again, that is more arsenal for how as a justification of why you are the person that has created this, that has found this, that is marketing this. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I think it's fundamentally different than, than your homework. And I don't want to distract, I don't want to discourage you from that, you but it totally it's, popped my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we're building, we're, we're blowing up a new bubble. Okay. No, I know. So are you, are you comfortable with where that solution is going? Yes. So we okay. created an honest product with no alcohol, no steroids, no toxins that actually lets your skin recover its own natural pH and heal itself. That doesn't sound geeky. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound too pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. It intrigues me to actually want to ask you more about that. And that's exactly where you want to be with it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now to your market, who's your target market? Read the sentence that you have from your homework. Now I'm scared. <laughs> you should okay. be. All right. Our number. Wait, 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 wait. The only thing you can't say is the uh, A word or the E word. The A word or the E word. Mm -hmm. Can't say anyone or you can't say everyone. Here we go. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. So our number one set of customers that most appreciate Alage are nurses and doctors. The ones in the medical field, because they're constantly washing their hands like a thousand times a day. And anyone with sensitive skin, gingers, people that work with their hands that can't afford to lose their most precious tool, their hands. Okay. So in the problem and solution, we never mention hands. Okay. Just, just as reference in the problem and the solution, we never talked about like washing your hands too much as a problem. Well, I did okay. in my original one. And that's why this one right. is right. matching but, my original theme. But I just want to point out the checks and balances. Okay. Now you were rightfully scared to come into the, your existing target market because we messed with the problem and solution. So anytime the problem changes, the solution is going to change and it might affect the market. So it does look like you named a number of people, you know, you went, all, you basically said all nurses and doctors. Okay. You kind of said everyone and anyone there. And then you went on to say gingers and other, you know, like sensitive skin, skin sensitive. Mm -hmm. And then also people who use their hands and, and work with their hands. Right. So it, it sounds like, it sounds like a lot and all over the place. If the problem is that people are being lied to and that you're buying skincare that actually makes you buy more moisturizer and your solution is this honest product that makes it um, so that you, the pH in your skin get, gets back to where your skin can heal itself, then your target market might be for people who have bought moisturizer for years and, and never really seen long-term improvements. Uh, and, it, and it specifically could be doctors and nurses who wash their hands a lot, people with sensitive skin that are always buying moisturizer and, and looking for new shiny objects. Do you see how it's slightly changed? Yeah. Because if the problem is that you're buying stuff on the shelf that's not doing what you want, then the people that you're after have to have that problem. These are people that are buying moisturizers that don't work or they find that they have calloused skin, even though they are using moisturizer. These are people whose skin isn't doing what needs to, what needs to have for them, and they don't necessarily realize the reason why it's not working is because of the stuff that they're buying to fix it. Mm -hmm. So there, I don't know how we exactly articulate that, but if you say doctors and nurses, I think I need that's to follow, one thing. I think I need a follow-up episode. <laughs> you know, we, we might. We, we might. We might have to do that. Uh, but right. I think that the, I think that the goal here is you can come prepared, you can have your homework, and and there's still a lot to tease out. Yeah. And it's not me just trying to be difficult. It's just truly trying to listen to. No, I so appreciate this. I really thought that it, it like this time I had hammered it, but now I'm seeing that you know it really is a process. And now when you said that you work with people for six months, and I'm like, oh my god, this is real. <laughs> but it, it does. It shouldn't take away from the fact that you felt good about the homework that you did because it was doing that that led us to go deeper. And now doing this is allowing us to go a little bit deeper. And, yeah. you know, looking at your market can be a whole deep dive in itself. And you, you have a lot of people that have used it. What are those common threads? Do they well, resonate with the problem? You reminded me <clears throat> that I had actually taken pictures of all those moisturizers and the backs of the ingredients. And I have pictures of them like spread out on a shopping cart and I'm looking at them, you know, so I can easily use that content in all of my marketing with this. Yeah. That, you know, lies, lies, lies. 
<laughs> their whole new campaign of lies, lies, lies. Yeah. Okay. So in the sake of time, because there, we just really spent the time, which is totally fine. I think we could work on your target market, but now you probably need to spend a little bit of time on that based on a new framing of the problem and a slightly new framing of the solution. So you can whittle that down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it might even be interesting to call up some of the clients that you know and say, you know, when you first experienced my product, what, what state of mind were you in? Were you buying moisturizer? Like what was the inciting incident? What was the, the reason why you took this chance? And that might actually tease in mm -hmm. some of the messaging because you can't forget that your people that you have as customers, those are your super target market. Right. So you can leverage them and understand their experience to help uh, increase the chance others might experience. Yeah, no, I'm really lucky. I mean, I, I have a great relationship with my customers and, you know, like long-term 10 years worth of customers. I have a database, I send out emails, they respond. So we're very touchy-feely together. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. So if we, so that was the first three step or the first, uh, the problem solution the market in three sentences. That was, okay. that was good. To get that into one sentence, we just need to solidify those okay. and then we can rearrange them in six different ways. But I do know that you're excited about the work that you've done on the three words. Yeah. So I would do want to talk about that for a couple of minutes. And then I would love to have you back after you've put some time into this and then we can rehash it all. <laughs> yes, professor. Okay. <laughs> all right. So my three words, and I wasn't sure in the worksheet, you know, like it's. It can be more than three words. The idea is that in its purest form, it's thing one in relation to thing two. Yes. Okay. So, Elage is the Volvo station wagon of skincare. I like it. It's reliable. <laughs> it's dependable. <laughs> like, it's not super expensive. Uh, you can probably go find the parts, like, on eBay because it's so old school, but you don't really need them because it doesn't break down. Okay, I like that. Safety record number one. Okay, it's wait. Fam it's family-oriented. Okay, it's yes. Not, it's not sexy. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's not. But it gets you where you need to be. Yep. Okay. It's solid. It's a tank. It's dense. Yep, it's it thick. is. Yeah, it's sticky and dense. Yes. It's thick. Okay. And it's something that you'll pass from one generation to another. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I absolutely. Absolutely. And you know that your daughter or son might not be like super stoked about it, but it's going to get them where they go. It's going to get, it's going to, it's going <laughs> to. Are you proud? At least you did something right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And now if I'm going to describe this to people, I don't want the burden of explaining to them how it works, but yeah. I could say that it is like the, remind Use the me name. again. The, Use the name. Yep. Elage is like. The Volvo station wagon of skincare. <laughs> the Volvo station wagon of skincare. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for getting there one thing right in the 313 challenge. <laughs> there are there are like two Volvo station wagons that are old school that we see when we're walking around. And now I am forever, <laughs> whether it's plagued or forever reminded of whether or not I use my lodge that day based on seeing that. But yes, it's like it's like an 80s, like high 80s or something. But you know, it, it, it's just as good as it was in the 80s. I, ironically, I actually have um, a Honda Pilot that I've had a, <laughs> like a wrap. You know, okay. so my, my product is advertised on my car and it's a Honda Pilot. And I didn't think of that because I thought the Volvo station wagon is the exaggerated, trusted old friend. Yes. You know, that you know that works. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I like it. 
uh, and not just any station wagon, right? Yeah. Not just any a station, Volvo a Volvo. Station wagon. And, it, we and all the product know. is not sexy. And Volvos are known to be safe too. Like, it, yeah, number one safety record. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I think, I think you, <laughs> I think you crushed on, and what's, what's nice that all plays into the small tweaks that we've done because oh, like, yeah, like Volvo you know. is like, you get, you get what you got. Like, this yeah. is it. Like there's no fluff about it. There's no sales pitch. The only people that go get a Volvo are the ones that want safety. They're conservative. Yep. That's my product. That's my demographic. <laughs> yeah. And the people that buy a Range Rover and they realize that it's just a, you know, it, that it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a Ford Explorer just, but, but differently manufactured. Like they're going to realize that maybe their skin is a little bit drier long-term and they're going to have to upgrade and do a new one and a new lease and those kind of things. Not talking trash because I've had my Range Rovers, but I've now moved on to the Prius, a more practical skincare Good for my driving day. needs. Sustainability. <laughs> okay. Well, Suhan, I, I've had fun and this has been an interesting, uh, deeper dive into somebody who already came prepared thinking that it was just going to be super easy. And I wasn't trying to make it difficult. I was really just trying to listen to the overall problem that you're trying to solve and how we can articulate it. So I know you feel a little rough around the edges, but how are you feeling? Uh, like, uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so what, was this, was this helpful? It, very much. And, and like I said, like, I'm, I appreciate the fact that, you know, like it was in me because I had the pictures of, you know, the other products and the other, the other ingredients. And that could be such a pivotal sway. Yeah. And again, don't just take my word for it. Maybe when you talk with people, maybe you have a couple of these different problems, right? Mm -hmm. And you could articulate them and say, hey, of these two, what resonates more? Or if I said this is the main problem since you've used the product for years, does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I was always lied to, but now like, I don't worry about it. Yeah, I have no problem asking my customers questions like that because they're very, very responsive, so... Thank you, Suhan, for fighting your way through the 313 challenge like you are a rough and rugged and reliable Volvo station wagon. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another 313 challenge. If you think you're up for the challenge, all you have to do is visit ryan.online forward slash 313me and you can apply to be on the show. You can also keep up with every single 313 challenge by simply subscribing on your favorite app, wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, wink, wink, and you can also find this show on Good Pods. Feel free to connect with me on social media. You'll likely find me on Twitter, at Ryan Foland, and you can always look for the next 313 challenge. Until that time, keep it simple.